HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Shaxbury Cider. Hi, I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. So every day the shutdown continues to grow is another day that there will be a backlog. This week, we're looking at the unexpected ways the government shutdown has impacted our food system. There are nearly 1.6 million New Yorkers who rely on SNAP to feed themselves and their families every single day. There is a real impact on our friends and neighbors. A lot of farmers rely on commodity loans at the end of the year. Since the offices are not open, those loans aren't available to them. Tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brenton Scott, and me, Zara Tanglora. A show about ostriches, wine, and dough! <laughs> I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a Banquet, Life's a Banquet, Life's a Banquet, Banquet! Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about the highs and the lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with your host, Britton Scott. Uh, and Zara Tangora. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey, welcome. Uh, it's me, Britton. I've just been playing some rugby and I'm ready to talk about <laughs> food now. <laughs> I like how you think that's the impression of me. I'm from Wisconsin. Cheese oh, heads, bruh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm from Long Island. Oh my God, I love. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, you don't even know. I don't even know what it is. Leave me alone. <laughs> Hi, Bren. Hello. Sorry How for are teasing you? you. I love you. I know. Gosh, I feel so, my feelings are so sensitive and hurt. <laughs> you are a sensitive person. Well, okay. So let's get down to brass tacks here. Let's do it. Oh, my God. What's happening? It's freezing in New York City. I, of course, go to... I run. I was like... I. I decided that this January I was like, I'm going to be on top of it. I said, whatever Kathy Lee Gifford did mm-hmm. is what I want to do. Perfect. Um, you know, so I downloaded her very first podcast that she ever recorded while she was still on the Today Show, and it was incredible. I, I sent it to you. I listened to it. I sent it to you immediately. It got me up. I was like, okay, I have to like go to yoga, two-hour yoga class. I was like, then I have to get a bottle of something surprise for today's episode. 
and I run to this, I run to the store, I run to this, and I get on the subway, and I'm like, oh, it's all moving so smoothly. I'm fast. I'm city biking. I didn't bring gloves and a hat. I didn't care. I was like, I am on top of New York City, type A, screw you. <laughs> and what happens on the F train? A fight breaks out. Two young teenagers, Heavens. and they were going at it. And it's just quiet down there in that sub below, you know, of the West 4th station. Why were they fighting? The dirtiest stop ever. And uh, they were just mad at each other. And they started to turn into a physical fight. And they were on the platform. And suddenly they go into the subway. Oh, Into God. the subway. And I'm like, oh, for crying. I was like, hey, you guys. And it's just a couple people in the train. And this one woman was like, stop fighting. Stop fighting. And I was like, hey, <laughs> listen, you guys. I'm like, you guys, this isn't worth it. Think peace. Think harmony. Think about what's going on with our presidency. I was like, it is up to us to stand with each other. I was like. You ding dong. Yeah, I did. And they, one guy looked at me. He did. His eyes glazed into my eyes. And he said, help me, man. He's like. And I look at the other guy. I was like, please. I was like, get him. And they did. He said to he help you stopped. like he thought he, he was going to get beat up. They stopped after I talked to them. The, the mouth is mightier than the sword. Wow. And this I, is a congratulations. Well, anyway. So That's a, this sounds like something out of like a Charles out of Charles Bronson's New York. Turns out I wasn't on top of it in New York. Was I, it a snap fight? <laughs> I wasn't type A because I didn't get mad. And I started. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm type D. And like. You diffused the situation the same way Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford would I did. Done I was it. like, you know, what, what would you know you're there's mothers and daughters and sons and we're all anyway you gave him a bottle of like cotton candy wine you're like just drink this and relax just like kathy lee would do just like kathy lee gifford it was she's incredible she's a goddess breton sent me this podcast it was the first episode of a podcast that she did in the year 2013 and it begins and breton goes you'll never believe it there's amazing celebrity call-ins from all of our favorites joan rivers share Whoopi Goldberg. Barbara Walters. Baba Wawa. Uh, and they were fake. I was also convinced that I'm listening to Barbara Walters. I was like, this sounds a little bit like a Barbara Walters impression, but I'll buy it. And she said something really motivational, and I almost a tear came to my eye. And yes. And then what is what, that? What is that grand motivation? She said she was well, fake Barbara Walters was talking about I thought it was real. I really did. I still think it's real. It's not, but it it's weirder and better that it's not real. Because how strange to have fake celebrities call but not be like let anyone in on the joke. It was very strange. But the fake Barbara Walters said, she was like, you know, I can't do a, how do you do a Barbara Walters impression? I can't even begin. She said, you know, Kathy Lee, people want to hear your heart. And I almost cried, but I think it's actually, it was the most important thing I took away from the whole thing. Well, they did. And I thought about that and I thought about how entertaining it was and and heartwarming to hear her speak. Speaking of speaking, uh, I want to hear about your week and what you, what's going on in your... What have you cooked? What have you drank? What have you eaten? What's what haven't I? I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> how'd <I'm>... you eat? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, yeah. that would be Funny a whole nother ask. podcast episode, Bretonian. Um, well, I didn't eat any people, but I did eat a lot of carbs. I've actually been taking extremely good care of myself lately, but this weekend I just munched and munched it's all kinds time, of white it's carbs. That time of year, Italian bread, pasta, maybe some cake. I drank a lot. I ate a lot. I laughed. I cried. I yeah, had yeah, some gluten. Yeah. Um, so basically, are you intolerant now or uh, is it it's, just on an emotional level? Okay. Yeah, not yeah, really yeah. on a physical level. I'm just like, I don't need to tolerate this anymore. I'm sick of you. Yeah. Um, I am trying to be very healthy though, because other than my white flower, uh, yeah, extravaganza, to start, you want to be really healthy starting right well, this, this week second. because I'm going to turn 35 <laughs> on Saturday. And wah, wah, boo excuse me. It's. I love when thirty-two-year-olds are like. Well, I did it too when I was thirty-two. I'm like, I'm oh not thirty-two. I know, but then I was thirty-five. I'm like, it's getting real, man. Like, it's getting real. No more cigarettes. 
just yeah. like pot and like only Adderall and stuff. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Only butt chugging cocaine. Yeah. But then I was like, it's, you know, anyway. Well, I feel, I feel it. And, and it in is. In your bones. I feel it in my bones. First of all, it's my first birthday uh, with only one parent because my dad died last oh, year in case right. anyone is... hasn't listened to the podcast and just wants to get really down right now <laughs> instead of getting up. Um, yep. But I feel weird about it, and I want to take better care of myself mm-hmm. than That's him. always a good thing. Also, I'm extremely vain, obviously. And yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm noticing tiny wrinkles. Not yet seen a gray hair or white I've, hair. I definitely, I've seen them. On I, my head? Yeah, yeah. I spend a lot of the hours just, like, I photo, I touch up your wrinkles. Oh, really? On your Instagram, <laughs> and then I... I have this program that I do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like keeps our young a GoFundMe. Too. You're fine. Who cares? It's well, age. What are you gonna do? Go back? Uh that I think I really wish that All I right. could. Well, that's... you know, I'm living in the past a little bit. I have regrets. Unlike you know, we said before, people who say no regrets, bruh. I don't like those people. I have plenty of regrets. I'm I I'm 95 percent <laughs> regret. I, I could tell you a couple of regrets I had. Tell me one. Well, like the like the one from last night. What'd you do? <laughs> that fifth martini really oh. did me in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did not do that. Oh, last you! Night. What have you been doing this week, Ding Dong? Oh, making lots of carbohydrates, bean soups, white bean soups. Uh, the, those um, Rancho Gordo white beans. I'm addicted. Uh, addicted. I made Scarlet Runner bean. I made white bean stew with that ham hock. You got to put the ham hock in. Yeah. I used to not do it. Now I do it. Yeah, you got to do it. Um, ham. What else? Oh, I made. Oh, that calamarata pasta. Remember that? Oh, sh- do I remember it? It's a shape of pasta that looks like a calamari mm-hmm. ring. And it doesn't taste like a calamari ring. And it turns out it's just pasta that looks like a calamari ring. It's amazing. We used to do it a lot at the restaurant at Brizzy mm-hmm. with calamari because I like the fact I'll, that they were the same looking. Yep. That is kind of fun, too. I just did mine fun. with some uh, sausages. Uh, oh. Sauce, white, yeah, like a butter sausage oh, sauce. Fabulous. Oh, and, a fr- and that spicy sauce, the tomato one where you cut the chilies in it. Like a Arrabbiata? Yeah, no, thank you. An Arrabbiata. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I for- do- do you mean Arabia? You yeah. know when you're at a restaurant and people are speaking totally normal? You're, this is a deal breaker, okay? You go on a date with somebody. It's all going fabulously. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. You're like, I like this, this person This is like so your much. number one most asked, like, this ask. Is, this is it. This you're, is where my brain goes. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, obviously there's a reason I'm single. I have intimacy issues. I'm like the Jerry Seinfeld of my generation. Nothing is good enough. So <clears throat> you go out to dinner with someone. It's going swimmingly. You're like, this is the thing. And then all of a sudden they order and they're like, Oh, hello. Yes, thank you. Um, I will have the tagliatelle, you know, and like say it and like, and a, and a glass of Chianti. That would be a deal breaker That's for like me. That's like what the, they did that on Saturday Night Live in the 1980s with the, oh. they were like, uh, yes, they were at a board meeting. Like, uh, who ordered the black bean burrito? <laughs> I can't get with oh, that. Oh, I have something very important too. Remind me about that later okay. because that's going to tie into something later. Oh, um, should we get into what we're going to talk yeah. about later? What else? I was going to tell you one more thing. Please. And then I forgot. We have all the time in the world. Perfect. Let's take 10 minutes remembering what I have. Okay. <laughs> ding. Yeah. Ding, okay. Ding, Turns out ding, it's ding, nothing's happening. Ding. Thing, oh, wait, am I going thing, first? Thing, am I going to tell you thing, about what's going on? going to talk about the topic. Right. So the reason that I saw the subway fight is because I was on my way to Astor Wines. And I have to tell you, while you're talking, I'm going to tell you something. I went to Astor Wines a couple days ago, and I wanted to know more about sherry. Now, I have been drinking sherry oh. steadily for years, uh, but I didn't really know much about it. I would get a bottle of Fino or Montiato or something, and... I just knew that I liked it. Yeah. And of course, you know, I went to Spain a few months ago. Um, I've been to Spain a lot. I went to high school in Spain for a year. So I, you know, I had my little, I had, I had my little introduction to Sherry, mm-hmm. but I love it. So I've decided. Why do you marry it then? I actually, it turns <laughs> out I did. You know what? I don't like Sherry. 
<laughs> I love it. And it's so good. But I'm turning 12 this These birthday, are actually. The worst jokes. So, okay, so check this out. So I go to the, the store and I talk to this guy who turns out he's completely over the top in love and insane about Sherry. He was going off. His name was John Minor and he was the oh. best. He was great. He uh, was at Astro Wine, so it tells me a lot about it. You know, there's Fino, there's Olorosa, there's Manzanilla, there's Amontillado, there's uh, all kinds. Uh, so, and I know that I could bore you with the details. But, no, no, never. But what I'm also going to tell you is that it doesn't have to be terribly expensive. Now, do you want to hear more about, uh, you're, we're going to wait till later, right? Yes, I'm going to tell you a story later about Sherry, because uh, if you haven't guessed, the day, today's topic is Sherry. Duh. Exactly. Now... Uh, one of our great authors of the world, uh, known as Shakespeare, never heard of uh, him. Described Sherry as liquid gold. Uh, one of our favorite authors who just celebrated a birthday, Edgar Allan Poe, January nineteenth, folks. Oh, H B D E A P. Uh, he wrote that wonderful, wonderful short story, The Cask of Amontillado. Right? Boo! Boo! Where this like that guy he hates the Fortunato. It's I think it was Montresor or something, and he leads him to a into a a giant cave and he's like oh i have a great bottle of amontillado if you keep going down this dark cave oh gosh and the guy was drunk and he's like hey he's like it's right there behind the brick but i'm gonna chain you up and then he built bricks around him and that was the end of the story oh, he, just, he built a wall around him but they were joking like how boring the story would have been if it was called a, a cat a, a barrel of sherry <laughs> and he's like no it's we gotta change the name buddy like i like the i like the story like where it's going <laughs> That's but yeah, funny. sorry, we were going off about that. So, uh, you know, Sherry, first of all, let's just get down to brass tacks. Yes. I've said that's two times now, but it's from the south of Spain. Okay. <laughs> I'm really glad you're actually, t- like, just, I want to take a side, a little break here. I don't know that much about Sherry. Well, I I'm like t- it, but well, I'm so then, glad you're, you're really educating me as well as our- Put on jam headphones and, and re- we're drinking an Amontillado right now. You know a lot about it, so I'm thrilled. And so me okay. and our two listeners are both So excited. I'm going to sum this up. A lot of people, a lot of my friends, and people that I hear whenever I go to the store, and actually somebody that works for Heritage Radio also has said, oh my gosh, you know a lot about Sherry. Well, I don't know that much, but I can learn. And basically, you just start drinking it. And I say, Fino's light, right? Because it's fine. It's mm. light. It's easy. And then I would say, start like that, because that's actually like a wine. They're a little bit higher in alcohol. Right. And you can drink a Fino like a bottle of wine. It doesn't have to be in these cute little glasses. So you can drink it out of the bottle. I can. You can drink it out of the bottle. Just chug it. Out of the barrel. Oh. Out of the cask. Excuse us. The cask of Amontillado. You take it as you like it. And <laughs> the whole point is that you just go to the wine store and you just buy a bottle. Now, the bottles of, of sherry that I have been purchasing have all been around... 15 to $18 for a 750 milliliter standard bottled wine size, right? Great deal. Uh, it la- that's how much you would probably pay for an okay bottle of wine anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not breaking the bake. Yes, you can go up from there, but you don't have to. Uh, and I like the Finos. I like the light ones because you get they're very dry. Right. Uh, and then the one we're drinking today is an Amontillado. Uh, they kind of get more aged. They get oxidized. There's only a couple grapes. Um, Pedro Jimenez. Pedro Jimenez is mm-hmm. one of the the grapes. And then the other one is Palomillo. But did I say that right? Palomillo. Yeah. yeah. Great. See, I'm a pro. Yeah. <laughs> Just Google it. I don't have time for this. Anyway, <laughs> who cares? That's our it's from here. the south of Spain. It's from Andalusia. <laughs> and it has to come from Sherry. Now, a really quick tidbit of facts is that, you know what else they use Sherry casks for? Uh, wait, can for, I guess? Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I don't know. What? For scotch. I was actually going to guess that. Scotland, Macallan uses it. And a lot of places 
And they did this for several reasons. Well, to get some more flavor, to get more complexity. Um, but Spain in 1981, those bastards, they're like, uh, we're going to ban all of our sherry casks uh, from being shipped to Scotland, from you know being exported. Really? And then they're like, oh, okay, fine, we'll be nice. And then they would dip some sherry into some casks and they, you know, and then mm-hmm. be like, okay, it's only been there for a couple months. You know, so I don't know. Interesting. What do you know? What kind of wood the casks are made from? Uh, American oak, sometimes. Well, wow. American oak, and <clears throat> I don't want to quote this, but maybe French oak too. Okay, that's fascinating. So the sherry that we're sipping on right now, what, the first thing that I said to you when we drank it mm-hmm. is that it tastes to me a little bit like shiitake mushrooms. Oh, they're. Er- and why yes. is that? Well, I guess I would say a part. It's particular to how it's aged. Now yeah. there's a little bit of the yeast that grows on top of the barrels. It forms this oxidized kind of layer so that's why you get a little bit of, as you get more aged right uh it tends to have that as we call it like that sherry oxidized taste yes. but they don't know how they don't all have that this one particularly tastes very earthy and mushroomy to me in a good way mm-hmm. and i mean that we we'll, can talk we'll talk about this later but it lends itself to being paired now with i want to tell you something is that for all those of you that are listening to me right now i really i i can't tell you enough how fabulous it is to just get a bottle of sherry and you know it's just wonderful. And I went to Spain. I went to Madrid, right? And you can mm-hmm. go anywhere in Spain, pretty much. And a glass of sherry will set you back about a euro ninety. That's to, amazing. Like you can get a, and guess what? You get olives and sometimes bread and chorizo with it. That's incredible. Why what a you, deal. For that much, you could have 10 glasses for the price of one glass of rosé in Midtown. Uh, right? It's amazing. It reminds me uh, exactly of the uh, Alligator Lounge on Metropolitan where you used to get a free that, pizza with, with every beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. That and really then, got me through my early 20s. But you know what else is weird? When you go, to, I went to that bar. There's this fabulous sherry bar in Madrid. And it, the, I tried to tip. And the guy is like, he specifically pointed to like this weird like old sign that was from like 1690. And he's yeah. like, no tipping. Oh, wow. Right? Allergic to money, the Spanish. Yeah, well, I don't know. They get their money elsewhere. Well, um, by we not should... by putting heavy taxes on those oak barrels. Good for them. Who are we to stand in judgment of the Spanish look at what's happening in this country? Now let's talk about politics. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now hold on. I want to talk about this whole, what's it called? They're going to shut down thing? Okay. Shut down, shut down. Let's get down into it. That's really interesting, Breton. Well, you know what's so funny is I what? was I watched the full Downton Abbey and the English really, really loved the sherry, and that's sort of how they discover it through port trading and all that. Uh, I don't know what it is about the British, but they figured it out. Yeah, because they know fabulous things, and then they know how to steal them from people, and then they know how to. That's what they. And then they know how to in. take over the country, and then take over, but never say that have slavery in their own country. They just form colonies, and <laughs> we're not going to talk about politics. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, while we ruminate on, oh, oh Brett, for fuck's sake. Good God, I can't take... This is why we can't have nice things. Brenton may or may not. I'll suck it out. Um, while I'm sucking the sherry out of your pants, should we take a quick commercial break? Oh, yeah. Is it time? Perfect. Fabulous. Yep. Excellent time. I'll get the, the wet rag. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Shaxbury Cider, who believe cider can be daring, complex, and eminently drinkable. Located in Virgennes, Vermont, Shaxbury make a broad offering of ciders, from the bright and fruity rosé to inventive, small-batch wild apple fermentation. Each fall, Shaxbury takes to the hills of Vermont to forage for the wild and forgotten fruit that make up their lost apple project. Shaxbury, producer of the first American-made Petnat Cider, continues to experiment every year with limited edition ciders designed to spotlight locally foraged fruit. 
To learn more, visit Shaxbury.com or follow them on Instagram at Shaxbury. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Dana Cowan, and I'm the host of Speaking Broadly here on HRN. Every week, I conduct intimate interviews with the brilliant, powerful women in the food world. We discuss their lives, their careers, and the ways in which they navigate the world at large. You can find Speaking Broadly wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Oh, hello. Well, I've... Wow. I drank that entire bottle of sherry, and somehow I'm still... <laughs> Sorry, I had to quick take my microdose. Yes, Breton's pants are off. We're microdosing, and I have a story for you that spans uh, Burgundy, France in the 1800s, oh, all I'm... the way to Orson Welles, and then to straight into space. Oh, here's the... <laughs> where's the popcorn? Let's go. I'm excited. Oh, well... Do you mind if I slip on my rabbit fur slippers? <laughs> Perfect. I just feel I can listen better. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. They'll match my rabbit for underwear. Oh. Um, okay. So the story begins. This is kind of a weird transition I took. And sometimes when we do the stories, I mean, often we do the stories, it's the highs and lows. And there's a point to it. And it's about, you know, the human experience and about fortitude. This really doesn't necessarily have a point. It's just kind of crazy and weird. And it's well, about oh, some weird highs and lows in sherry making and this and sometimes there's no point. It, it's anything. bizarre. <laughs> so draw your own conclusions, people. We only have 45 minutes here, and I can't fix your whole life in that amount of time. So, well, but you can try. Now let's. <laughs> now let's get into it. So, <clears throat> now what was I going to say again? Okay. <laughs> uh, do you remember? Do you know Paul Maison? Uh, of course. Yeah. Brandy? Yeah, the brandy. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. also made sherry. They have a really lovely shape to that brandy. It's very classy. It's the, yeah, and their sherry bottle and their brandy bottle was like heart-shaped. It's very hard to find now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's out of print, actually. Really? I kind they, of. They might have nice commercials. I was been, I was watching a lot well, of Reuniti commercials. I, yep. I'm going to get right into those commercials okay, in just a moment. Okay. Let's so, go. Uh, Paul Maison was an actual person. He immigrated from Burgundy, France in 1878 to California to try to expand on the viniculture going on in the Santa Clara Valley. Hmm. And he was known kind of... Uh, I thought somebody makes the... I'm just trying to fix... He's like, like, what do you ahoy, want to, to America, to the Santa Clara Valley for champagne making. I don't know why he came and I don't care. I do know that he left two years later and he went back to France. And then to bring this whole thing full circle to our first episode, which was about champagne, he left in 1880 because phloxera... phloxera Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It happened to Spain in 1894. Right. So what that was heck? happening in France. So he's like, I'm getting back to Cali. I'm going, going. Philoxer was like back. the syphilis of the vegetable <laughs> exactly. world. Exactly. Right? He's like, oh, Marona mia. <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> so he goes back. Bye bye, yeah. And then he becomes known as the uh, king of champagne in California. He makes the first champagne in California, but he also makes a bunch of sherry. Put a pin in this Palmaison sherry. So. Then we transition to our friend Orson Welles, who everybody knows was the star of, or maybe you don't know. If you don't know, now you know. He was the star of Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. a movie Rose for the ages. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> and even with you. So anyway, Orson Welles, since he had made Citizen Kane, that was a big thing for him. And he went on kind of a downward spiral over maybe the next 20 years until the late 70s when he eventually had to turn to doing commercials. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, you know what? Everybody has to do it. it I mean, we're, what, f- about five minutes away from 
advertising Dracula mattresses. I know, exactly. Dracula mattresses for when you want to sleep upside down in a coffin full of bats during the day. Dracula mattresses. Use promo code Life's a Banquet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I see Sarah Jessica Parker's face all over Europe whenever I go. I'm like, she's everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, Orson Welles. In this time, before while he was doing commercials... You're never too good for a commercial. Remember I mean, that. I will... Brendan and I are happy to sell out at any moment. At a moment's notice, I will do diaper commercials, whatever it takes Michael to get Jackson this Michael Jackson did yacht. Pepsi, for crying out loud. Perfect. So Orson Welles becomes obsessed with Spanish culture, and he has a house in Spain. He becomes obsessed with bullfighting. Mm-hmm. His best friends are bullfighters. He drinks a ton of sherry. He I starts get it. He starts doing commercials for Domecq sherry. But some of his most famous commercials were for Paul Maison Champagne, and there's actually and for his wines. I don't know if he ever did a a commercial for their sherry, but he was obsessed with sherry, and this is kind of where the whole thing comes in. So he does a commercial for this is kind of just a funny sidebar, the low point of his career. Yeah, yeah, like he's been he's in the late seventies, and there you can watch it on YouTube or wherever you get your video streaming from. Mm -hmm. We don't support either. No, we're not being paid by YouTube. Call us. Um, So (laughs) got it. He gets he's wasted. He's so shit-faced and he can't. On Sherry, probably. He's shit-faced on something. He looks like he's on heroin. To be honest, he's like, I got Paul Messon is the... the, Are we on? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so crazy. He's so... It's... So crazy! It's one of the. Did most- he go through it? Did they did, did, did they make the commercial? Uh, yeah, they en- they ended up making the commercial. Oh, so I must watch this. Anyway, this is just a little background about Paul Maison. It was a brand that people really didn't take seriously. They thought the wine was disgusting. Uh, I don't really have an opinion. I never had it. It doesn't look great. Got to be honest with you. So then we're gonna jump back in time again a little bit, and then it will all come f- full circle in just a moment. I promise. 1969, a little little known man named Buzz Aldrin. Ever oh, heard of him? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was Second in... man on the moon. Yeah, never. There was even a third person. <laughs> There's been the moon is teeming with people oh, at this yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> the Chinese are all on the dark side of the moon. They're like, hey, they're like, <laughs> we're already like export <laughs> made in China slash the moon <laughs> slash the moon. There's already like a production company. Oh my god. So anyway, he was a religious guy, and he held a communion on the moon, mm-hmm. which had a wafer and a little bit of fermented grape juice. So that's kind of the first alcohol that went into space. Then in the 1970s, NASA was trying to figure out a space program and make more uh, moon travel more comfortable because they were, were like, oh, people are all going to be moving to the moon. Yep. Come on, everybody, to the moon, Alice and everyone else. <clears throat> that was a joke about the honeymooners. Clearly went right yeah, over yeah. your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, no big deal it's fine i'm going on with them moving yeah. forward so maybe it never looks back <laughs> they realized don't worry i'm bombing here but i don't care onward yeah. um so they were thinking that uh space food was disgusting it was inedible and they were trying to develop a program where it would be you know better and more they're desirable like, must sell this at more museums for children like, exactly they're, they're not buying the <laughs> so they sent the space food to the museums and they took the museum's foods to space and so they had things like uh, spaghetti and even prime rib. Prime rib? Was it dehyd- Was it freeze-dried? No, like they were having like wet-packed things, and they also wanted to find a way oh to get alcohol. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah, because you definitely... That's you need to get drunk on your way to the moon. Absolutely. It's like, it's like a 45-year trip. I know. That does seem like a long time. Yeah, you time. need booze. Yeah. So they were rationing out like four-ounce portions and they're of alcohol for the astronauts to well, have. Well, that certainly wouldn't work with me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I just drank four ounces. I drink four ounces per sip. My mouth holds four ounces and that's one <laughs> sip. So do the math, folks. <laughs> Hang on. You want to hear what four ounces sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm not even drunk. Yeah, Because exactly. it's just sharing. I'll wait till you hear mine. So they decide that sherry is the right thing for the job because sherry has mm. already been heated. Oh. And its composite, its flavor isn't going to change 
um, when they have to transport it into different bags and it goes through, I mean, it's going to space. So they basically decide that <laughs> sherry is the thing to use because it's not going to change flavor. And so they have it in plastic bags with little straws and they put it into uh, the, the, you know, the simulation thing where people yes, go into yes. and that giant the vomitor right. basically the, vom- the vomitorium and the vomitorium and so everyone's spinning we call around that Z-Force of <laughs> County Fair. spinning around trying to drink sherry and like the smell of vomit i guess they never wash it out from the previous trips because the thing that i read said the smell of vomit already soaked into the seats plus the smell of sherry made people vomit more oh have you heard of clorox bleach like it's that anything i, I mean how much, where are our tax dollars going if not to buy new seats for the vomitorium? <laughs> That's what I'd like to know <laughs> about it. A vomitorium? Deep state. What's happening? So did you say that you had some kind of Columbus thing? Oh, well, yeah. You know, what was funny was, you know, you said something about the sherry not being going bad. And yes. I was thinking about it, the more aged sherries, like the Olorosas and and uh, the Montiados, they you can keep those open for like a year or two. Oh, really? Yeah. But the other ones, the Finos go like wine. Right, right, right. A couple days little if you're if you're at Astor Wines right now picking a bottle just listen to that little tip um but yeah listen Christopher Columbus uh wonderful n- kind gentleman oh yes yeah. uh, lovely <laughs> I hear he was a lovely yeah. guy I, let's just say he had Spanish pride yeah. or Portuguese pride or whatever <laughs> Italian whatever the hell whatever he was. the hell he was get out of here Chris. Like, oh, I'm from there I like that that one's better Boo, well Christopher anyway but Columbus. he was very intent in bringing on his ships the uh, lifetime supply of sherry and he spent more money on sherry than he did on any of the weapons really weaponry I guess oh my uh, that's you know that's a little I don't know. I guess it's the one good thing. Basically, about him. what we're saying is that's how important it was in history, and why are you not drinking more of it now? I don't know, but you hatless starting the second you. Everyone needs to drink it. So the sherry that they were going to bring on into space, I need more the sherry. first alcohol in space for real, was Palmaison California Rare Cream Sherry. So it all comes full circle. Oh my god, that's like the worst. Paul, okay. Ma- Paul the ghost of Palmaison was celebrating and cheersing terrible champagne and shabbily wine. I picture his oh, like... I've made it into like, space. Uh, oh, blah, 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 blah. I've aimed in space. Never happened because peop- teetotalers and Mormons decided that they were so pissed that there would be alcohol in space yeah. mixed with the fact that it made everybody puke that they decided to never, ever do it. Hmm. So, yeah, it never the happened. were... Um, however, the sherry didn't go to waste because all the people in the Skylab Medical Experiment Altitude Testing Program, uh, which was called SMEAT, drank all of the sherry that they had procured, all the Palmason sherry that had been procured, and they got their Orson Welles on, got hammered. And that's what happened. Also, Russians drink cognac in space. Peace. That's the end of my story. <laughs> <laughs> Just do, do the math, folks. Do the math. I Add it up yourself. It's a conspiracy, okay, people? Do it. That Think is, it. Write it. Well, you know what? I can only react to that in one way. And that is just by... To vomit? No, it's just by realizing <laughs> I should go to a distant land, fool everybody, make a <laughs> shitty product, sell millions, and get a washed-up celebrity to do a commercial for me. Exactly. Life. Perfect. Rest <laughs> in peace, Horace and Wales. Do you know that Charles Dickens fed his pet canary a thimble of sherry every morning? What a psychopath. And guess how long that canary lived? 15 years. 15 years it lived. I feel Canaries, like... Can- how long are they supposed to live? I don't don't ask questions like that. I think that they're supposed to live like a hundred years. Uh, it died of like no a canary fatty liver. A, <laughs> a parrot does. How long do cats live? I don't know that so, much about so, cats. So to be divide honest. that by two, add the square root, do a fraction years fraction that a third, and you got them. And that's how long a canary lives. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, the old canary life. <sighs> canary lifespan fifteen years. Oh wow! Thanks, Matt. 
So it lived exactly as long as other canaries. Well, back then, canaries, you know, the lifespan was lowered because they always had to go into the coal mines. Right. Okay. God, obviously, you weren't thinking about that. <laughs> That's a very funny story. Millennials. I have a question, Breton Scott. Yeah. Yes. What? Um, so in, in our Chef Recommends segment <sighs> each week, we tell you guys about ways to kind of use the thing that we have been talking about. So this week, mm-hmm. in case you haven't guessed, we've been trying to talk about sherry Wait, and canaries. Talking, yeah. <laughs> Share a canary. Can you please tell us three ways to use a canary usefully? No, a sherry. How do you use sherry in food, Brett? Okay. What are All what right. are your so top let's ways? Talk about this. So as you can see right now, I put we have some chorizo, which I saved in my bag. I'm sorry, but you know, if you want to have a little sherry get together or just by yourself, maybe you're at home. You know, put on some silky underwear. Ooh, you're feeling on, yourself. Sit in your stomach. <laughs> lay in your stomach <laughs> on a wall blanket. Put the pillow under. And grab a TV cart and just put that little bottle of sherry out. And you're, what you're going to want to do is, I love these anchovy stuffed olives. You get that, put on a little tray next to some sliced chorizo. Go to your butcher. Go to, what is it, Marie's Cheese. They even have that nationally now. Ask for some sliced chorizo and get some Marcona almonds. That's it, folks. Yeah. Maybe some bread and olive oil. That's kind of it, right? Or you can have uh, sherry. You could have, you know, sweeter sherry with desserts. Mm. Um and my uh, my number one favorite way, right? Like, oh, what do I do? How do I do it? You throw a shot of sherry in a in a soup. Throw a shot of sherry in, in a your cream shoe. soup. No, in a cream soup. Oh, that's good. Like a and cream I'll, of mushroom. Like a cream of mushroom. You throw a little sherry in that. You finish it. You know, because they would say the secret to soups is not how you make it, but how you finish it. Oh, who says that? I don't know. I just said it right now, <laughs> but it's true. And you put a little dollop of sherry, just like you were, you know, dropping some. <laughs> Some olive oil in. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Um, also, there's sherry vinegar. We didn't even get there. Holy shit. I forgot all about sherry, sherry vinegar. vinaigrette. Okay, Good my God. other, my final thing, my favorite vinaigrette of all times, sherry vinaigrette, which some people put shallot in and mustard. You can mm-hmm. or you can't. Like, just like a vinaigrette, there's variations. You like mustard? Put it in. You don't like mustard? Don't put it in. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, some sherry vinegar, some maybe some lemon juice, some olive oil, and then you just mix it up. That's it. Yeah. What about you? What's your... Sh- what's? Well, I mean... I guess I'm going to recommend putting sherry, and we talked about this in the in the hallway uh, like with a co with a mm. with a coworker um, about. You said you don't like sherry in cocktails. I actually think sherry can be a really interesting replacement in cocktails that normally mm-hmm. call okay, for sweet okay. vermouth. So I'm going to go ahead and say some of my chef recommends tips today are if you are inclined to want to try this out, why the hell not? Life is short. Has anyone seen Bird Box? We're going to die soon. We're all going to start just stabbing ourselves in the neck. Put share in your cocktails or don't. What's the difference? I don't really care. I just said I didn't like it. I'm okay. Okay. So, like, let's say... But for, I might like... I'm a Gemini. I might like it tonight I, at 9 p.m. Exactly. We're about I might to, love it tomorrow. That's true. I'll make it. Like, I'll have it on tap in my house. <laughs> you by, are it. By Friday. You are it. Um, so, for instance, a Negroni would be a great way to experiment with sherry. Switching out the sweet vermouth yeah, for some sherry. I think that could be really well, cool. Well, also, here's the deal, too. Like, you put this in, different flavor profile. I could give you an I could give you a Pedro Jimenez that would, like, blow your socks up. Like, yeah. Or right? in a Manhattan, I think, would also be sure. a great way Sure, yeah, yeah. They're sweeter jars, so, you know, depending. I'd say play around. If you're a cocktail person and you like cock. Tails. <clears throat> um, then you should try putting this in your cock. Tails. Um, so those are, I think, our biggest chef recommends. And I am totally on board with you pouring uh, sherry in a soup. I think we mentioned this before, but I used to really like uh, finishing soups with a drizzle of Laphroaig or a PD Scotch. That's a totally different flavor Which may profile. or may not have been aged in a sherry cask, Exactly. For um, but I really do think that uh, drizzling sherry in your soup, a bisque, 
could really benefit from a drizzle. Oh my god! Do you know what I freaking <laughs> want right now? No. A, a crab bisque. Oh, Madonna mia! Let me tell you something. This weather calls for this weather. It's. I mean, yesterday was three degrees with the wind chill of negative seven, folks. My snot froze in my nose. I finally. You, I always say like, I'm from Wisconsin. I don't need a hat or gloves. Like, calm down. You guys are like yeah. New Yorkers. Seriously, sometimes with the weather talk, it's like you guys. It's just cold, right? It's, yeah. Um, yesterday was. But I will chilly. say, I was walking around. And it was intense. And Christ. I have a mink for my Russian mink fur hat. I had to untie it, pull it down, strap it over my chin. Oh, God. Have a neck warmer, cover my thing. It was intense. It was horrifying. So this brings me to my next question, Brenton, on our top three of the week. Uh, um, what are your top three hmm. things? We kind of touched on this, but what would your top three things be to eat alongside cherry? Okay. Well, since I just mentioned it, uh, but I will say this again. Please. If I can't repeat this enough, my top Thing, my top thing to eat with the sherry uh, would I just would sit, be some olives bread and then get some really nice you know people like the manchego cheese it's mostly sheep's mm. milk get some blue cheese in there those did you fantastic. make those no they're anchovy stuffed olives yeah they're from Spain I have to get them for, there's that store de España is that where you got them from yeah it's on Broom Street in next to uh, whatchamacallit De Palo yeah and you can go on their website and Very order good. online with, wow or, that's really or, yeah. uh, or buy a plane ticket and fly yourself to Madrid or Malaga or Andalusia yeah. and Andalusia. Andalusia. So your first number one or your number three thing is olive. What's number two? Okay. Olives, cream of mushroom soup, followed by, and don't, I just actually did this before I got here. I made that white bean soup. I heated it up and I poured a little bit of sherry on right into mm, my bean soup. That's amazing. With the ham hock. I mean, it was... Oh, good God. I don't know what... I. Yeah. I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. My top three would be, my number three would be like a piquillo pepper, mm -hmm. maybe stuffed with a goat cheese and drizzled with a little bit of honey. I like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. I like how you just happen to like have a piquillo pepper. Like, oh, I. Uh. You know where they used to have a delicious piquillo pepper situation was at, I'm sorry I said that. It's very millennial of me. The piquillo pepper situation at, um, the, what is that bar in Greenpoint um, that mm. Mike Stankovich worked? Alameda. Oh, they have Alameda. a lot of nice things there. Um, my second thing, anything with anchovies. So maybe some kind of this isn't, you know, typically Spanish, but like a banya cauda, uh, you know, anchovy, warm anchovy butter dip with fresh vegetables. I mean, that sounds great accompaniment. Like a true delight. And then uh, I think number one would be some kind of like mushroom toast thing, either a mushroom crostini or a stuffed mushroom with some salon, you know, stuffed with some kind of chorizo, I think would be a delicious thing. That does sound absolutely divine. It would. Um, so, well, before we wrap up here, I actually have one last thing I want to talk about. We right, got an, you do. I do. We got an email. We get a lot of emails from listeners, and we love them all. Thank Please you very much. We have been hearing about the listeners in Germany. We have a lot of listeners in Germany, Germany and Australia. Certainly. I'm so excited. But Germany's really popping off. And Florida? We're, we big in Florida. Well, hello, Florida. Oh, hey, Why Florida. Why don't you donate to our Patreon and we can come and visit you and yeah. make you a sherry dinner. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll make you, you just pay for it and then we'll do it. <laughs> it's simple. It's simple as that. Well, this email comes from Nicole and Nicole is from Atlanta. That was the worst Florida Atlanta. accent I've ever said in my I life. I didn't know you were doing an accent. I didn't know either. I don't really know what a Florida accent is. I, st I try to avoid Florida like at all costs. South, south. Um, okay. So this is from Nicole in Atlanta and she says, dearest Breton and Zara, mm -hmm. my name is Nicole and I'm writing from Atlanta, Georgia. First of all, sounds like lovely. Uh, first lovely. of all, I know how much y'all love stone fruit. So next summer you need to boogie down here for some of the best peaches and nectarines you will ever eat. Nicole, we're there. 
Did she really say boogie down? She did. As just, if I have a boogie board lying around that I can... S- I think she meant more like boogie dancing. Like just boogie and woogie, which oh, you're yes, very yes, good yes, at. Yes, 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 um, My reason for writing today is that I was just listening to your Diets Through the Decades episode, and I felt compelled to oh share God, with you... a great one. It was a great one. Stop the insanity. I felt compelled Seriously. to share with you a diet that my mother was on in the late 1970s. My mom was always pretty thin mm-hmm. growing up and a total babe until the day that she died. Oh, sorry. Rest in peace. Um, in her... Late 30s, she, she became in her late 30s, she became as many women did, uh, obsessed with being impossibly skinny and took some weird, and yes, t- girl, and, I get it, and took to some weird diets through the years. She jazzercised, slim fasted, and became a total Richard Simmons enthusiast. Wow, aren't we all? Um, by the by far the most bizarre diet trend that she ever partook in was the AIDS candy diet, spelled A Y D S, pronounced AIDS. AIDS what were chocolate. Well, I'm about to tell you. AIDS were chocolate bonbons laced with speed. They were diet pills that came in a candy box. So they were I looked oh my them God, up. That sounds wonderful. I looked them up and they just looked like chocolates in a candy box, but they were they were speed. I have a bonbon in the morning. <laughs> I have a bonbon in the afternoon. And a sensible dinner. <laughs> and a sensible dinner and four <laughs> bottles of sherry. And I wake up and I feel perfectly thin. I guess they were I my- have no I want that diet i am that diet. they're out of print so uh, she goes on to say i guess they were meant to trick lonely housewives into thinking they were indulging while really they were chomping down speed while watching donahue (laughs) this girl's funny she should be on the show um my mother didn't end up eating uh aids for that long (laughs) who was this person she's nicole hi nicole hey girl one day my brother and i came home from school to find that in an AIDS-fueled episode, she had ripped every square inch of carpet in our four-bedroom house up while we were out at school for the day. She said she couldn't stand the color anymore and that we needed new carpet immediately. Needless to say, when our father returned home from work later that evening, they had a very civilized, quote-unquote, discussion regarding her motivation to do this, and it seems that AIDS was the key component mm-hmm. in her decision-making. She stopped taking AIDS the next day I found out I later found out and AIDS itself became defunct as unfortunately the AIDS epidemic became came into play shortly after sorry not laughing about AIDS just AIDS that's me talking um I love the show th- so much thank you guys for making my commute so much fun sometimes I actually feel like I need to pull over because I'm laughing so hard you two make food fun and I always find myself hungry for more cheers Nicole wow that was quite Isn't a, that bo- a great yeah, email that was a- <laughs> Uh, that was a great book. That was a great PDF. Thank you. No, that was great. Thank you, Nicole. That's awesome. That's a funny story. And if you guys have any funny stories like that that relate to any of our episodes or just about food in general that are silly and funny that you want to share, we'd love to hear them. And if they're funny like that one, we will read them on the air. Love to answer your questions. Now, do us a favor this week and go to your local wine store or non-local wine store and ask about Sherry and discover the many possibilities and glamorous, glamorous possibilities the you could whole new world. and that's sherry for you because a lot of sherry to so drink. thank you very much and what's any closing thoughts for you um well i do want to say that uh on a food related note we are in the mid this is a serious thing we're in the midst of a partial government shutdown mm-hmm. um that's right we're not going to get into the horrors of it but a lot of people our friends and neighbors are being affected and not able to afford food and basic necessities for their families. So there's a lot of things you can do. Um, They do accept um, at the airport, like for TSA workers, any non-perishable food and gift cards, but nothing with a credit card logo on it. And Food Bank of New York City is a great place to donate your time and money to because they are giving direct relief to people who are being affected. Yeah, I think you just go on the website and 
even food bank here yeah, NYC. Like, yeah pay about some even five bucks exactly even a dollar i sent 50 bucks before and it, i think it's helpful and if you can't it, yeah one dollar is fine it i've just, been listening lately and especially because it's winter and a lot of the country has been hit with snowstorm and everything that in all seriousness i'm walking by somebody i'm like hey maybe some you know what maybe they do need a drink maybe it's just a drink or maybe mm-hmm. they're asking for money who cares what they who want it for if uh, it's heroin, I mean, don't yeah, do drugs, like, kids, but, you know. But it's actually true. You can die if you do stop it. Anyway, the whole point is just give somebody 50 cents a buck. Because exactly. Because you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, at least I have a warm apartment. Totally. I, ch- I, my apartment's too warm. That's my complaint. That is exactly how I felt last night when I got yeah. inside. And I'm like, I have to crack the window. And I was like, wow, what a luxury. Yeah. To be able to have to crack your window because you're too hot. That, I, I have like my kitchen asshole. window cracked so I can cool down my poached red wine pears so I don't have to put them in the refrigerator exactly because I, i'm too hot i had to cool my diamonds by the window because they were <laughs> boiling inside of my apartment i said zara you are one lucky girl make sure that you save your money and don't share it with anybody my saffron <laughs> caviar was just <laughs> lying by the window i had a, oh god oh i had a, an ortlon that had been ex- exported from france that was just boiling hot lava oh, yes yes well our sherry is calling our names yes and therefore we must be on our way so thank you very much, listeners. Yes, thanks. Tune in. Check out the other fabulous shows on Heritage Radio Network. Please. You can go on their website, and there's all kinds of cool food and drink shows. There's an unending supply of entertainment popping directly into your ears whenever you want it. That's true. There are so many amazing shows, and thank you to Heritage. And thank you to you, Breton, because not only do you sound amazing, you look amazing. I wish that everyone had smell-o-vision. Well, if we had television, I don't know what to You've say. You've got a terrible face for radio because you're too hot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. That's what my director said. My what? <laughs> director. Director. <laughs> you're awake. You're awake. Um, okay, guys. Well, thank you so much. And tune in next week uh, when our episode will be... You'll have to tune in and find out. Asla exactly. Pasta. Check out us. Check out us. Check out us. Instagram and Facebook. Life's a Banquet. The podcast, the show starring Britton Scott and... Zara Tang Gora, email us, life's banquet show at gmail.com. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio you can also find us at facebook.com backslash heritage radio network heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without the support from listeners like you want to be part of the food world's most innovative community Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.